to the Healthcare IT Today CIO Podcast. I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today, and I'm excited to bring you the most practical healthcare CIO insights and perspectives. We know your job is challenging, and we want to help you be more successful. And today's guest on our show is Juan Luis Cruz. He's CIO at Hospital Universitario 12 de Octubre, and I'm sorry for my terrible Spanish, but <laughs> welcome and bienvenidos, Juan Luis. Thank you. Thank you, John. Uh, great to, to, to be here with you. Uh, encantado de estar contigo. Tu español es, es bastante bueno, no te preocupes. Oh, gracias. Don't worry about your Spanish. <laughs> I, I wish it was Italian, then we'd have some fun. But no, it's great to have your international perspective on, on our podcast. So before we dive into some of that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization? Well, um, I'm a telecommunication and bioengineer by training, but uh, I think I was attracted by the dark side of healthcare, you know, from the from the very beginning. Uh, I started uh, working in an, an IT and strategy consultancy firm, uh, but uh, as soon as they started working in healthcare, uh, I said to the, to the management, hey, I'm here. I have studied bioengineering and I want to work in, in healthcare. So uh, first as a developer and after that as a systems strategist. And I think about 12 years ago or so, I took on my first hospital CIO role and I'm still here, you know, and now in a bigger hospital since, since February last, last year, I'm in my current position in Hospital 12 de Octubre. Um, well, I don't know if you know a little bit about the Spanish National Health Service. I work in a public hospital. Okay. So we belong to the to the um, National Health Service uh, in Spain. Spain has about uh, 47 million inhabitants. Um, and in Spain, we consider healthcare as a right in our constitution. Hmm. Um, we have public funding and uh, universal coverage and free healthcare service uh, at the time of use. Uh, in the, the National Health Service here has been around uh, are a six percent of our GDP. I, I think in total is uh, the public and, and private uh, spending is around nine percent of, of our G GDP. And uh, the, the service provision here in Spain is decentralized. So uh, we have uh, 17 regions in Spain that manage the, the healthcare budget. So Inside Spain, I work in the Madrid region health system that is around 7 million people. We have uh, 35 hospitals and around 430 or so uh, primary care centers. Wow. And here in Spain, we have probably six out of 10 of the best hospitals in Spain are, are concentrated here in, in Madrid region. And one of these top hospitals, uh, it's probably um, one of top three in Madrid region and probably one of, of top uh, five in, in Spain is Hospital uh, 12 de Octubre. It's, in fact, it's, it's the only of, of its sites that is um, a stage six um, hospital according to, to MRAM, to HIMSS standards. Uh -huh. uh, we have around 7,000 professionals um, more than 1,500 physicians and uh, 3,000 nurses. 
and we cover around half a million people or so. So that's where I that's where I work. It's impressive. Uh, it's impressive that you've uh, adopted technology so well. And, and I want to dive into that since you brought it up around you know the fact that you have universal healthcare. You have government run healthcare. Does that universal healthcare in Spain make your life as a CIO easier or, or does it just bring up different challenges? Well, uh, probably as a CIO, it's, it's easier, uh, but especially as a citizen, you know, mm-hmm. uh, no one here in Spain goes bankrupt uh, while trying to fight with cancer or, or, or uh, another complex uh, heart disease. Um, in fact, I, I have read that around probably a half a million families go bankrupt there in the U.S. due to medical debts per year. Yeah. Uh, so in, in our in our view, in, in my humble view, I think that's unacceptable. Um, here in Spain, um, we have, as I said, the, the public um, uh, health system. Everyone has the, the right to be uh, attended in the in the public health system, uh, everyone has the right to receive the best healthcare possible, and I think it's not it's it, it is not not only the the fair thing to do, but also I think it's better is more cost effective. Uh, here in Spain and in other European countries, uh, we spend less than the US, but uh, we have a better life expectancy expectancy. So. Maybe there are multiple evidences that a better access to healthcare allows uh, better public health and so less healthcare cost. Uh, here in Spain, we have a strong uh, primary care system. I, I, we think that is more cost effective to have this kind of a strong primary care system than treating disease when it's maybe too late. Mm. Uh, also, also, you can have top-notch hospitals and full of technology, it's, it's always better to, to catch the, the disease before. So, well, I, I think as a CIO, we, we, that makes our life a little bit easier. We, we have a, an, another things that, that goes with the, this universal coverage, such a, a unique patient ID, you know, also that, <laughs> that makes our life much, much more easier and, and a, a less bureaucracy probably regarding payments and models. I think that they are quite complex there in the, in the US and here in Spain, in the public sector, in the public sector is, is much more straightforward. Yeah, it feels like it, when you're working on an IT project, you can focus more on the patient since you're less worried about reimbursements since <laughs> it's standardized. Yeah, but it's how, how is it being a CIO in Spain different than what you hear maybe from your counterparts and colleagues in the US? What do you think, uh, you know, what are some of the differences that you hear them talk about that you're like, oh, I don't deal with that? Or maybe I deal with it and my US counterparts don't have to deal with. Mm. I, I think it's not, not quite different in the essential. Maybe. Really? I've been lucky uh, to attend several time uh, events uh-huh. here and, and in the US. Uh, so I have seen with my own eyes how, how similar are our challenge, challenges as, as CIO. So it's, they are not so different, but indeed there, there are some difference. I think um, some important difference. 
for example, on one side, uh, on, the, on the positive one, I'd say, um, probably my peers in the US have more resources. Mm. Here in Spain, we spend less than 1% of our, of our budget in IT. Wow. And probably uh, comparable US health systems, top health systems, are probably around 3 to 6% or something like that. Um, also, regarding the staff, it's probably as high as 10 times more the, the, the IT staff in a comparable hospital than in in our hospital. For wow. example, I have around around 20 full-time equivalents working in, in, the, in our IT department, and we are a 1,200 beds hospital. <laughs> you, you apply, the, uh, you apply the, 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 the common standards, the ratios, probably we should have 200 people working in IT, not 20. Um, maybe also, they benefit from uh, an easier access to a state of a state of the art tech. You know, the, the best, the, the, the main companies, the main IT companies are from the US and somehow they, they can access uh, easy, uh, easily uh, top company executive. You know, I, I was quite surprised when I attended Chime events that I could talk with the CEO of, of the top companies in IT, in health IT in the world. And they, they were there in the, in uh -huh. the, in the event. You know? um, they so don't was, come for a visit to Spain. They don't want a little trip to Spain to... <laughs> yes, we should work on that to convince them to, to visit us. But it's, it's, it's uh, much more difficult. And of course, salaries also. It's a big difference. Probably three times higher is what a US CIO earn compared to a, to a CIO here in, in Spain. But on, on the other side, uh, that, that, that's, the, that's the positive side, I, I think. But on the other side, uh, as, I, as I said previously, I think you have a more complex, much more complex legislation. I think a lot yeah. of bureaucracy, um, probably related with, with to the, all those payment complex payment models yeah for sure and also the lack of uh, patient ID it's, it's something that for us I, I know it's somehow a, a cultural thing but for us it's quite difficult to understand why why don't you have a patient ID <laughs> well Juan Luis uh, as an American citizen, it's something hard for us to understand too. <laughs> we don't try to explain the politics, but yeah, that, that's a good point. <laughs> yes, I, I know that it, it has some uh, reasons, uh, cultural reasons maybe, but at that time, uh, it makes life so much easier to have this yeah. unique identifier and, and at least using that, uh, as a, as, as a lever to interoperate with other institutions and sharing data, you know. Yeah, for sure. And you, as you saw with Chime, they, they were at one point doing a million dollar prize to try to solve the problem because it is such an important problem. So yes. I, I think most of us here that work in healthcare want to change that, but welcome to US politics. <laughs> <laughs> 
So looking at this, uh, your job as a CIO, what are some of the big challenges that you're facing right now and, and you're trying to deal with? Well, uh, not sure what, what to say about that. Um, I, I think our work is, is all about challenges. Mm. We are continually, continuously facing challenges. We are problem solvers somehow. So maybe there are some common challenges um, worldwide, probably the, the rapid evolution of technology, you know, cybersecurity, clinician yeah. burnout, and what's the role of IT in clinician burnout, uh, ex extracting value of our data, some, co some common challenges I think yeah. we all have. Um, specifically for me now, uh, well, uh, as I have taken on my new role not so long ago, I think that things like uh, internal organization and optimization, attracting talent to the IT department, or just uh, just keeping the lights on, are now for me great challenges in my mm -hmm. hospital. But uh, I'd say that also our hospital is doing now a, a great transformation process because we are redesigning our strategy uh, bottom up. Is uh, people uh, clinicians are having meetings and defining what's the strategy for the next four years. And we are preparing uh, for a whole new building that is going to be one of the most advanced, advanced hospitals in, in the world, I hope. Um, so we are in a great transformation process and that's a, a very big challenge also for me now. Yeah. It's amazing to hear you go through some of those challenges and how universal they are. Uh, <laughs> some of the physician burnout, for example, <clears throat> it's amazing how that's such a universal challenge. And and Probably also we, we benefit that of that uh, uh, easier payment model that right uh, avoid clinicians to write down a lot of administrative information. They are more more more. Um, focus on clinical data, not, not so administrative data, but also it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big problem here in Spain uh, when the doctors and nurses who uses, use our EMRs, they always complain about the, the, the way it prevents them for, from uh, talking with the patient face-to-face -face and, and they are wasting time in administrative tasks. You know, it's, it's something universal, I think. I think the most universal thing is doctors <laughs> and how they interact with IT. Uh, that's such a universal principle. But to your point, I mean, I think you, I forget the exact stat, but Judy uh, Faulkner from Epic, I, I think she said that uh, her inner, the international notes on Epic were, I want to say it was a third, maybe it was two thirds. I forget exactly the stat, but just significantly smaller than those in the U S because of the, you know, they were documenting the clinical outcomes rather than the other. So that that's a huge, you know, here in the U S we have to document these bloated notes or, and there's some question of have to, but we have these bloated notes in order to get paid. And so, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it must be nice that you don't have to deal with that. Yes. That's great. Definitely. So as you look at your career, it's nice. You've been, you know, CIO at a number of hospitals for a good period of time. What's the best piece of advice that you've been given that might help another CIO who's, who's dealing with their, their own challenges? Hmm. Uh, I think I, I've been very lucky to meet uh, great CIOs and leaders in my career so far. 
uh, and, and many of them through Chime. I am very grateful to Chime for the opportunity that in, that uh, gave us uh, coming to coming to Spain. I think five years ago or so they started to to visit us in Spain and sharing their their vision and their knowledge. And after that, I I, I, I received some scholarship also to visit uh, Chime. I, I remember San Antonio, Texas, and San Diego. Uh, it's difficult because I, I have met uh, a lot of interesting people in in these in these um, events and and uh, along my career. But just to mention three three that come to my mind, um, my my former CEO uh, said, said to me once, "Say always yes, and think later. You say yes, and then think." But at first, you never say, you should never say no. You say yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have to use it a, a, a lot in my career. Uh, another one also is um, dare to do great, great things. It's, it's quite similar to, the, to this motto from the, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory that, uh -huh. that sent uh, the, the, the spaceship Perseverance to Mars. Uh -huh. I think they say something similar. There to there to mighty things or something like that. Um, it, it's something that I use something uh, sometimes in, in as a motto as a Latin motto. You know, uh -huh. you know the, the the Romans said "Audentes fortuna iubat," said okay. the Roman, and that's uh, "Fortune favors the bold." Yeah, I love that one, and I think it's quite true. You you have to dare. To do things, and sometimes it will it it goes wrong, but sometimes you can succeed. But if you don't dare, you can succeed. And probably the last one. Well, it's not exactly a CIO, but is that the do or do not? There is no try. <laughs> From Jordan, it's Love not it. a CIO, but maybe he could be a great CIO also. And yeah. I have applied also many things in my career, probably. Nah, that's great. And I, I would expect nothing less than a little romantic Roman uh, <laughs> advice from a European. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. So what other innovations and technologies are you kind of keeping an eye on as something which will really help your organization? Is there something that you're kind of watching and saying, yeah, I need this in my organization? This is also difficult for us because uh, we, we try to keep an eye almost in every new technology around. Uh -huh. um, but in general, we have a poor access to, to market research studies, at least mm -hmm. here in Spain. Probably, we, as, as I said, our budgets are quite uh, low and we can afford to some of the best uh, knowledge that is in, in market research. So we have to rely a lot in or in local IT providers, or trying to get feedback from other CIO peers. And well, that's why organizations such as HIMS or, or Chime could have uh, helped us a lot, just uh, sharing experiences with technologies, with new technologies. Yeah. But if, if, uh, if I had to choose one, probably, uh, it, I'd say everything related to data. Hmm. 
tools related to acquisition, transformation, standards, uh, data analysis, machine learning, and AI. I think it's the future for us to, to extract value from data. It's, um, of course, that there are a lot of technologies around, cloud, 5G, um, sure. but, but everything related to data is, is where we should focus, I think. And do you think you'll work with the vendor to have them do the data analysis? Or do you picture it that you want to buy some tools to allow your in-house people to do the data analysis? How do you think about that as a CIO? In my experience, you, you need to work quite close with the clinicians to extract knowledge and value from data. It's not something that you can send to an external provider and then do some kind of analysis and get back the knowledge. It's, it's difficult. You have to, to work quite closely in a probably in an iterative way, presenting them data and then analyzing them and asking for new things. And then you have to prepare again data and work again. So I think it's more uh, about uh, having a platform in the hospital a platform that is, in fact, is one of our top projects now. It's called Infobanco or Infobank. Uh -huh. um, that is trying to uh, establish a platform that can get information from operational systems and extract information, process information from for different uh, outputs. You know, uh, real-world data repositories. Uh, traditional data analytics platforms, research databases, AI. Uh, so once we have this kind of platform, we can try to give the data to the researchers and work with them quite closely. Nice. Sounds like a good effort. And, uh, you know, I, I agree completely that uh, the future is built on the back of data and understanding that data and leveraging that data to make us more efficient. Yes, I think so, definitely. So, you know, just to kind of wrap things up here, uh, I've appreciated all your insights. I've loved uh, hearing this unique international perspective, but, you know, how, as you look at your job, how is your job as CIO going to change in the next, say, five to 10 years? And, and what do you think CIOs need to do to be ready? I mean, it's an evolving ecosystem. The technology's changing. There's a lot going on. So what would be your advice to people and what, how the role of CIO is going to change? Well, I think uh, that healthcare CIOs, probably like in other sectors, have to be more engaged with uh, with business mm -hmm. uh, we have we have an advantage that is we know or at least we, we could know if we want many things about the their the actual healthcare process uh, so maybe we should free more of our time to get more in touch with the uh, chief medical officer the chief nurse officer with the clinicians with the nurses leaders um, Usually we spend a lot of efforts trying to just to keep the lights on. And of course that's necessary, but uh, in my view, innovation and, and true value comes working hand to hand with the, clinic, with the uh, clinical staff. When is, is where you can extract, what you can realize the full potential of, of health IT. Uh, 
and probably also you we should do more uh, work we should have a work more, more as a network with other CIO peers um, I think complexity as you said is increasing every year is the, our ecosystem is more complex and we should support each other and not work working in a in an isolated way um, especially for, for example, in our case, that we work in a public health system, so there is no competition. Yeah. <laughs> us, but we tend to work isolated, facing isolated the same problems, uh, just in, in, in the same region, in Madrid region or, or in Spain, every, everyone in, inside their castle uh, trying to solve the, 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 the problem that is now again providing IT service for a hospital or for a big hospital. So mm, networking with others, I think is, is the way ahead also. Love it. Thanks so much, Juan Luis. This was a lot of fun uh, learning about uh, kind of the international perspective on, on being a healthcare CIO. Really appreciate uh, you taking time and uh, gracias. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate it. And thanks everyone for listening to, to the Healthcare IT Today CIO podcast. If you want to find more great health IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com. Thanks so much, Juan Luis. Thank you, John. Gracias. Gracias a todos.